You know, so many people don't realize that if you're eating the standard Western diet, that can um, cause you to produce adrenaline through the day. Mm. You know, the effects on blood sugar and blood sugar crashes and what that does to your biology. That means if you're eating in that way, you are going to be more, your baseline level of stress is higher than it needs to be. So just by getting that right, you're taking a load off. Welcome back to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause podcast, the show where we crack open the conversation about this time of life and empower you to become the CEO of your menopause transition. I'm your host, Dr. Clarissa Christensen. Join me and my guests as each week we show you how you can thrive through menopause. Well, welcome to another episode. And I know that lots of you are always asking about herbal and natural medicines to manage menopause better. So I thought, well, this is a great time for me to bring on someone who really is an expert in this area. And so I'm delighted today to have Sarah Southgate, who is a herbalist, naturopath and kinesiologist to the show to share her knowledge and her wisdom for helping us to manage our symptoms much better. Welcome, Sarah. Hello there, Clarissa. Well, it's lovely to have someone here who's, who's really you know, steeped in this knowledge because I know that this is an area that's really, really interesting for so many women. But maybe we'll begin at the beginning and talk about how you actually came to be working in this space. Um, yeah, I'm just curious because it's such a lovely area to work in. Yeah, it is. Uh, I count myself as very blessed, actually, to be able to genuinely say I love my job every day. Um, but I came into it completely by accident. Um, and uh, I was in the third year of my degree in German and business administration. And uh, with, with the goal of flying around Europe doing businessy things, wearing nice suits that was as far as it went um, and um, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome so I suddenly realized I was drinking three pots of coffee I was living in Germany and had, you know they made pots of coffee I was in three to get to work and then another one after work to go out with my friends and and I realized that this wasn't right um, so I went to the doctor and, and they diagnosed me with chronic fatigue Wow, that's amazing. And I think, yeah, that's something that's really quite common, isn't it, for, for many people to suffer from, even when they're quite young. It, mm. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's, you know, it's often a viral start, actually, chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm. They're called post-viral fatigue syndrome. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, the doctor just said, can't help you. Uh, you'll have good days and bad days, but see you later, essentially. Um, I was 21 and my life was just about to begin and I was gutted and I felt really hopeless um, and um, you know so I wallowed for a while and, and then I, I started to look for things that could help me um, and I, I, I had had no exposure at all to natural remedies before um, and uh, despite having grown up in Hong Kong where they obviously have this long tradition of Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know and um yeah so I just 
I just stumbled into it and I started to, there was a little crystal shop on the high street near where I lived and it said about reflexology and I thought, oh, I'll try that. Will it help? And they said, yes. And it did help. And then, and then it's, you know, after a while that stopped helping. And so I thought, what can I do next? And so I then found a nutritionist and I changed what I ate and, and that helped. And then I learned to meditate and that was profoundly effective. Uh, and I still meditate now, 25 years later. Um, and, um, and then I saw a herbalist and little by little I became well. Um, and then the first naturopathic college in England popped up in London where I was living. Um, and that was it, really. That was me. That was my, my sign. This, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and what I learned in that college changed my life. Um, and now I'm lucky enough to spend my time changing other people's. That's such an amazing story, Sarah, you know, starting from our own difficulty, your own difficulty, and and growing from there. And it's surprising, yes, if you grew up in Hong Kong, that you didn't kind of latch on to Chinese herbal medicine as a way forward, yucky as it sometimes tastes. Yeah, 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 it does, it does. Um, but, um, Western herbs don't always taste that much nicer. Uh, but, um, I don't give people a, a little bag of, you know, herbs to go and boil for four hours and then, drink. um, so, you know, uh, modern Western herbal medicine is more convenient, shall we say, uh, yes. to taste. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to a Chinese herbalist, you might still get a little pot of something to boil. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you might, you might, but not me. <laughs> I'm not going to make you do that. Now that that's good. I think that makes life a lot easier. Uh, mm. People are sometimes confused between a herbalist and a naturopath. Can you yeah. tell a little bit about that that difference? Because I, I, I mean, I know, but maybe a lot of my listeners don't understand the difference of how how that works. Yeah, and and they're not alone. Um, so so when I introduce myself as a naturopath, most people say, you're a what? Sometimes they say, you're a naturist, uh, to which I then tell them that I'm not wandering around naked for a living. That's not what I'm doing. Um, but so naturopathy is based on the premise that the body will heal itself, given the right circumstances. Mm -hmm. It's working with the person who I'm working with to give the body the right circumstances. And one of the tools I use to do that is herbal medicine. Um, so we, as naturopaths, we have quite a broad toolbox. So I have herbal medicine. I also have food supplements. I also have relaxation strategies. Mm -hmm. So teaching people to switch on their relaxation response, which switches off their stress response, is a core part of what I do. Um, and then everything is underpinned by nutrition uh, because that is – your foundation basically yeah. yeah yeah and I like that you brought that up because my listeners will know that I talk about focusing on the fundamentals the foundations nutrition okay. sleep relaxation yeah. so we're very aligned there Sarah's mm. without that kind of base it's very hard isn't it to to build from that absolutely I 100% agree and um, one of the things I find with people, especially menopausal women, is actually that their adrenal glands are tired. 
because they've been living at quite a pace. Um, mm. One is actually now that people are saying to me more and more when I check in with them, how are you? Actually, I've realized how frantic I was before lockdown. So it's, it's one of the, the things actually is quite helpful for people to see that there can be a big difference in the way that they are being. Mm. Um, but we live in that frantic way. It really drains us. And the, the wonderful thing about herbal medicine is that you can strengthen the body. You can tonify the body so that it copes better with what it has to cope with. That's amazing. And, and you're so right when you say women are, have this adrenal fatigue. And, I, mm. you know, and it's also not getting get better because, of course, as our ovaries stop working, then all that hormonal function goes to the adrenals. So the poor old adrenals are working at double the rate. And if we're stressed and, and under pressure at the same time, which many of us are, well, it's not really surprising that we're seeing spikes in adrenal fatigue and in burnout in women in this age group. Yeah, absolutely. And, and chronic fatigue, you know, it's, it's kind of a burnout, isn't it? Uh, but what, the way I explain that to people is like your adrenals are your foundations. And if your foundations aren't there, so that the adrenals are the foundations for your hormones, mm. right? Mm. And your immune system. If that's not there, there's no foundations. It's no surprise that, that everything else is floundering around because there's no support. So it's getting it right from the bottom up yeah. is, is so important. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, the things I hear is that it's, it's my, it's, it's Eastern and progesterone that are out of whack. But in fact, I think you'll come back to, I think what's becoming more talked about is if that base isn't, you know, well grounded, there's no point in fixing on top, you know, the, the sort of hormones or anything else, because actually you haven't got the foundation if you took those away again. So I think a lot of women are advised, and I'm, I don't have, you know, a negative view of HRT, but I know a lot of women are advised to take this. But some stage they come off, and if you haven't fixed the root causes, they're still going to come back, aren't they? Yeah, you're, you're just delaying your menopause, uh, but you're delaying it with some health risks. Mm. Uh, so it's, you know, so, so I think that, Again, that's one of the primary differences between uh, a complementary perspective and an allopathic orthodox perspective is whether you treat the root cause, as I do with complementary medicine, or whether you suppress the symptoms, as we tend to in allopathic medicine. Yes, uh, and, and, yeah, and we cope with a lot of things around our stress life by taking paracetamol for a headache we we drink wine to cope which doesn't help the mm. system either we eat lots mm. of sugar because we're trying to cope um I, I know you i've always felt we live in a bit of a quick fix instant gratification world which is in mm. yeah and yeah. so this becomes a way to solve our problems but as we said they don't do they yeah no, I see that, you know, I do a lot of work in weight loss and uh, you know, the, that desire for a quick fix, um, actually, most people, many people struggle with their weight their whole lives. Many people, I see a lot of people, women coming in around perimenopause, menopause, really struggling to lose weight where previously there was never a problem. Mm. Um, 
And actually they've realised that there is no quick fix. It is about letting go of that constant desire to lose weight really quickly and shift the focus to feeling really well mm. and eating really well and feeling good about what you eat and how you treat your body. And yeah, the weight will come off, but it's not going to be an instant thing. No, and that's the same with everything. I mean, you talked us also about the relaxation response. Even that, that isn't really instant either, is it? You have to put a little bit of effort into making that work. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it can work quickly, but you're right. You have to put in the effort so the relaxation response, in case your listeners don't know, we have a stress response, which is involuntary, and it comes on in response to an external event. Sometimes an internal event can be a thought. And then the relaxation response is the other side of the same coin. So these are two sides of the nervous system, and they can't both be turned on at the same time. So most of us are stuck in stress response. It's that frantic living. And we don't even know we have a relaxation response. But when you turn it on, it turns off your stress response. Just knowing that is so powerful. But you're right, we have to learn how to do it. And it's, I always say it's like training a dog. You have to tell your body again and again and again. And then your body gets it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it is. It's like it's a bit of training mind and body to do these things because it's not instant. And I wonder, isn't that the same also with a nat- total naturopathic response? This is this is not like an instant fix and it's done because it's grounded in changing the way you behave. Absolutely. And not just changing your behaviour, but also changing the way your body behaves so I often say well well, you know we have habitual behaviors but your body is in the habit of waking up stressed and craving sugar and being dehydrated so we have to change the way your body is to teach it so we what we're working to do is to find the root cause to balance the symptoms around it but then to stay supporting the body while it has no symptoms, while it learns to settle into a new habit of no hot flushes, good sleep, you know, weight maintenance, all of those things, they take time to embed because what we're after is permanent change. Yes. And you mentioned so many of the common symptoms as you talked Mm -hmm. there. So, you know, hot flushes, weight gain, lack of sleep. That, That feels like you've been talking to almost any midlife woman yeah yeah and and then you know there are there's you know when you look at the symptoms of menopause i mean the list could be as long as your leg you know there are many anxiety forgetfulness um being emotional um that are you know especially i i i think for professional women working in a man's world to be suddenly overcome with emotion or feeling more vulnerable than usual in a, in a professional setting is so difficult. Yes, uh, and sets off the, the fight-flight response Yeah, straight away because of all the fears of being perceived as incompetent and lacking in ability. So 
it's not surprising that so many women don't feel well at work, leave their jobs, mm -hmm. sign themselves off sick because we're perpetuating this fight flight response, revving up the adrenals and having nothing to flip that at all yeah. in their own toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what so much of what I'm about is giving people tools, you know, to cope. So, you know, teaching that the way I teach people to switch on their relaxation response, very simple, mostly breathing techniques. Mm -hmm. um, once they've got that skill, they've got it forever. Um, and it's, you know, I've taught, so I teach a lot of alternate nostril breathing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, like, yeah. Lot. <laughs> as I do too, you know, and, pra you and, and practice as well, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. because, yes, breath is life for me, you know. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, and it also, it's such a wonderful gift to give because, you know, I remember the social worker I taught this to and she taught her entire department and they do it together twice a day. Um, you know, I've taught it to teachers um, who do it with their, their class, you know, even primary school kids. So they're passing on these skills because they are so very effective. I know. And I would say to the listeners as if you know, they don't take very long to do, do they? I mean, they're very no. simple, two no. or three breathing techniques. We don't need to go to a yoga studio to do them. We can do them at home sitting on the couch, sitting at our desks at work, at school or wherever we are. And yeah. it's amazing how you feel afterwards. Yeah, yeah it is. And um, it's, you know, it's something I've taught a lot uh, you know, to individuals and groups. And it's interesting to, to teach it to people who've never encountered it before and then see how they come back from just three minutes, say, of breathing. Mm when they haven't even trained their body in what to expect. Because so once you train your body, you take one breath and it goes, oh, this is like, this is my light switch. This is the relaxation switch right there. And then it becomes really instant, but it's the training that takes a bit of input, like you said. Yeah, and, and, and maybe, I mean, we, it's difficult because we live in this world and we think, oh yeah, everybody knows about this. But of course, lots of people have never encountered some of these shall we say alternative though I don't think they're that alternative now mm -hmm. um approaches and it's quite an quite a journey for for some of our clients yeah absolutely um I think that it's um it's a journey that so mostly people who I work with you know they've been to their doctor their tests have all come back normal they've been told there's nothing the matter or they just got to go and live with it um, and especially I find with hormones, it's easy to be dismissed, uh, you know, by, by a male doctor or by, you know, whatever. Um, it's easy to maybe even dismiss yourself as a hormonal woman. I find, you know, sometimes people do that and they don't believe. They start to think they're imagining it. Um, you know, so but by the time they get to me, they're actually really desperate because they just think nothing and and then someone says, "Oh, well, well, have you tried herbal medicine?" Yeah, and it's often that, isn't it? Is that's often the the first step, but mm. but as you said, that's only part of what's in your in your toolkit. But yeah. yes, and a lot of women will I see recommending various herbs like black cohosh and mm -hmm. and St John's wort. But 
obviously, so that's just a few. I mean, it's much bigger than that, isn't it? And much more detailed. Oh, yeah. It is. So herbal, I mean, I've, I'm sitting next to my dispensary. I've got more than 200 herbs in there. So, and each herb has got between, you know, two and 10 different herbal actions that it can have. Some herbs have the wonderful, amazing property of being amphoteric. So something is amphoteric, it means it will either upregulate or downregulate according to what your body needs. Yes. I mean, that's just nature in, in all its glorious power, doing just working with your body, not suppressing, just working with your body. So it's really very symptom specific and specific to each individual who I'm treating. So I will make up a bottle of herbs and it will have between, say, three and ten herbs in it, depending on what they need. Yes. And, and when you listen to that, you realize how, you know, unique each and every one of us is that we aren't just a symptom, that our symptoms are part of our own experience, part of our emotions, part of our makeup, and that we can't just pull something off the shelf in Holland and Barrett and hope that it works it might work but it might it might not yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely agree so sometimes you know speaking to someone and they're considering working with me they might say well I've tried herbal medicine and so well I'm thinking well a what have you tried and b what was the quality um you know and it was it the right thing um and often they they think that herbal medicine doesn't work because they have tried something off the shelf from Holland and Barrett with no knowledge actually of exactly what their body needs. I know. And you're making me remember when I was, a, I was really into herbal medicine. I nearly actually became a herbalist myself. I stood mm. on the brink. I loved it. And I was given a huge, great book. I think oh. it was Mrs. Something's Herbal's Guide. And it was huge. Yeah. But, and yeah. I was just realizing just how many herbs they were and it had all the intrications and contraindications and what they mm-hmm. did and how they grew and you know how you could make them up into teas and goodness yeah. only knows and I was just I love that book as a girl that was just my thing you know <laughs> yeah oh yeah you know I've got um obviously I've got a lot of books um you know about all sorts of things but I love my old botanical books if I come across you know the illustration mm. the illustration I've I never knew I would need to study that but naturopathic college and I fell in love with it um and you know that that power and that beauty of, of nature is incredible so I remember learning um before I studied naturopathic medicine because I hadn't done a level sciences I had to do an access course yeah did the periodic table of elements and I'd learned it as you know for GCSE chemistry but you know, take much notice really but learning that as a, an engaged adult and seeing how nature ordered all of those elements in families and by molecular weight in this perfect pattern mm. just blew me away just blew me away and you know nature does so for herbal medicine there's a thing called the doctrine of signatures where nature shows you what it treats by how it looks you know so walnuts are good for your brain for instance um there's a lung herb pulmonaria Mm -hmm. the leaf lungs uh st john's wort it's a ray of sunshine the flower so brings the sunshine into your life there's so many wonderful things 
That's so be- that's beautiful. I love that. That's so kind of rich. And I think, you know, just thinking about that, I just think that nature has the power to heal us. And we have, yeah. in many ways, the power to heal ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So I always say when someone comes to work with me, they're entering into a partnership with a shared goal. Mm-hmm. And that is to get them well. But it's not something I do to them or for them. It's something that we do together. Love that. I think that's really, really beautiful. But if for our listeners, if someone was to come to you with, you know, very typical kind of menopausal symptoms, usually they're things like insomnia, weight. Where do you start with working with someone like that? Well, it's uh, you start by recognizing we've got an individual with a constitution and a way of eating and emotional factors as well as physical factors. Um, so we take, you know, I take a detailed history. So the first appointment's an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of time to work out where where is the root cause, um, and um, yeah, I mean when I first. Um, started practicing in Leamington Spa where I am now uh, after I had my second daughter I was we'd moved from London and I was setting up my practice again and one of the first women who came to see me said I, I'd like to come and see you because I'm going to have a hysterectomy and I want you to help me with hormone balance after my hysterectomy and I said okay and she was having she'd been recommended the hysterectomy because she was having such heavy menstrual bleeding that she just wasn't coping um and she, i mean she couldn't leave the house she could hardly leave the bathroom it was extreme um and it was draining her energy it was making her anxious you know it really stopped her life and i said to her well okay i could help with that but how about we see if we can deal with the root cause if we can stop the men- heavy menstrual bleeding and avoid a hysterectomy and she thought for a moment and she said okay then I said, right, well, let's give it three months and then let's see. Um, And sure enough, uh, this lady did not need a hysterectomy. Uh, So she avoided major surgery. Managed her menopause with herbs. That's incredible. But but for me, I, I mean, absolutely possible because it was a root a root thing that there was something not right in the core probably for that person if i if i surmise right and that when that got cleared in some way then 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 you don't have that kind of need to go so extreme that's right so you have you know there's you 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 look like we've talked about the adrenals and the constitution there's so much strengthening up and tonifying but then we also treat symptoms as well, like there are uh, Capsella bursa pastoris, shepherd's purse. It's a weed yeah. you will see growing everywhere. It's beautiful. It's got little heart-shaped seed yes. pods. Yes. And it's in cracks in pavements and it's in fields. And um, that is a uterine hemostatic. So that is a mm. herb bleeding from the uterus. It's very, very specific. Um, and it works beautifully it's one of my wow herbs because it's so effective and it was a key herb for this lady with the heavy menstrual bleeding um you know and but trillium trillium erectum beth root that is also another uterine hemostatic 
slightly different indications. So we have uh, Leonuris cardiaca, motherwort. So that is for people who get uh, specific for palpitations that come with the menopause and anxiety. Um, you know, there are lots of different herbs, Vitex agnus castus, chaseberry, mm. um, calendula, lots and lots. Rosa, Rosa is wonderful. It's a rose for people who are feeling really emotional. Yeah. Um, so it's about looking at the symptomology and the root cause and coming up with something that just is, is gentle, but it's not benign. It's really powerful. Um, and that's the part that people don't realize is how powerful herbal medicine is. You know, her and the menopause, they're, they're made for each other. Um, and one of my things is, yes, you can get rid of your menopausal symptoms with HRT, but why crack a walnut with a hammer? Well, exactly. And HRT, has, you have to come off it at some time in your life too. Ooh. I mean, it, it, unless you, you know, take the advice of some doctors and i don't i don't personally agree that you should take this for the rest of your life it's like that's a very strange thing to do and you know there are some women maybe who choose to do this but they've still got to come off this medications in a few years and then everything can come back you can have still have a menopause yeah. which may be more shocking if you think you've delayed it and it's not coming back and then, well, I mean, your, yeah. your body has, you know, got a bit older, maybe less able to cope. I don't know. I mean, I always talk to people, you know, I say life is like a bucket and there's only so much you can put in your bucket before it overflows. Yes. What we do, we take things out of the bucket, but also using herbal medicine to build and strengthen, we make the bucket bigger so you cope better. Yes. Yes, and that, that I love that. Such a beautiful analogy, making the bucket bigger so we cope. Um, we, we have to take stuff out, but sometimes I feel women are taking the good stuff out to put the other stuff in too. So we have to change that around and actually put more of the good stuff in, both yeah. in terms of what we eat, how we rest, how we move, and the things that make us happy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... Um, you know, when people ask what I do and how I work, I will often say, well, look, you know, your prescription is just as likely to include herbal medicine and a vitamin B complex as it is to stop watching the news because it makes you feel really irritated. Yeah. You know, it's about looking at your whole life, um, mm. treating you as a whole person. Yeah, and... You know, if I asked you what was one tip you'd actually give a woman who was feeling the pressure, where would you tell her to start in this process? Where would I tell her to start? I would start with what she's eating. That's always the foundation. You know, so many people don't realise that if you're eating the standard Western diet, that can um, cause you to produce adrenaline through the day. Mm. You know? of the effects on blood sugar and blood sugar crashes and what that does to your biology that means if you're eating in that way you are going to be more your baseline level of stress is higher than it needs to be so just by getting that right you're taking a load off um you know because because the menopause isn't just about estrogen and progesterone it's about cortisol yes. cortisol 
the one that's really always wonky. And then it's about insulin, you know, fat storage hormone. Mm. Um, so it's not just estrogen and progesterone, it's your whole hormonal balance. Yes. And yeah, you're right. Getting to, the, to grips with what you're putting in that's mm. good and bad, yeah, is, yeah. is the way. And I think, yeah, a Western diet is very, or should we say a Northern Western diet is actually very um, unfriendly to the body. Yeah, it's um, Brene Brown, the wonderful, wonderful psychologist. She said that our crisis eating of... Uh, candy, candy cane, sugar, and corn syrup, to quote the film Elf. Um, she, she said that's so hard on our emotions. Mm. So hard on our yeah. emotions. People don't realise that blood sugar imbalance, which comes from eating the standard Western diet, that is best friends with anxiety. Yes. And yeah. weight gain. Yeah. And stress. That is the absolute fundamental to restore your health. And it's so effective. Yes, it definitely, that switch from that highly processed, high sugar diet that craves more sugar. I mean, that's the other thing mm-hmm. that we, I think we sometimes forget, don't we? That, you know, have sugar, blood sugar levels crash, or I need more sugar. So I'll have yeah. more sugar. So it's, it's a real vicious cycle that just spirals us down over time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But I don't think people forget. I don't think people know, actually, the food that they last ate drives their next food choice. No. Don't know. So I work a lot with weight gain. And, you know, I say to people, seven to, den- to ten days and you will lose your cravings. And they don't believe me. They flat out do not believe me. Um, And, you know, it is only 75% of their cravings will go. So 75% of what you crave down to your biology. So it's driven by how you eat. The remaining 25% are emotional or habitual. Yes. It's profoundly effective for getting rid of, you know, sugar cravings. And, and, and they're huge. I mean, and the problem is I think people yeah, you sort of don't realise that what they, you eat before determines what you're going to eat next to a certain extent, but, mm. but also how much just is hidden in yeah. a Western diet. There's so much hidden sugar in things that we don't think contain sugar. Yeah, and it's, our education is lacking. Uh, we have things like in UK, we have the traffic light system on. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm laughing. I shouldn't be laughing because well, it doesn't work. <laughs> I know, but well, you laugh even more when you know that hummus, which is chickpeas, olive oil and tahini, that's got red lights all over it. But like a, you know, a processed breakfast cereal that's full of sugar has got loads of green. I worked and, in a food company in Australia. It was exactly the same. And a lot of our products had, were plain brown rice cakes so they were literally just pressed brown rice with maybe some chia seeds or something like that in they failed the australian traffic light system because apparently that had lots of sugar in it and then we were looking at big companies producing sugar-laden breakfast cereals and they were getting the green lights and we're like 
what are you talking about? You know, this yeah. is this is all backwards. It's it's really insane, actually. Mm. Uh, you know, we we just lack the nutritional education. I mean, it's on the front page of the paper today that Boris is. Uh, he's, they've just recognised that obesity is a is a big factor in COVID uh, complications. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you know, we, we know this. Yes. Um, and that's down to the inflammation and, and all the things that underpin obesity. But he's going to now launch a big thing on fat. Um, but I want to know, you know, since the 1970s, we've had low, eat low calorie, eat low fat. We've got fatter. Is he actually going to change the guidelines to give people something that works? Mm. Or just going to bang on? with the same thing that is proven not to work. Well, exactly. And low-fat foods are always high in sugar because when you take the fat out, it doesn't taste of anything. So Yeah, and so they replace it, right? So the, what I teach is low-glycemic load eating. Now, skimmed milk, and you want a low load, skimmed milk has a higher glycemic load rating than full-fat milk. And people don't realize that your satiety response, so when your brain goes, yeah, I'm full, thank you, stop eating, that requires a certain level of fat in your blood yes. before it kicks in. So yes. if you're eating low fat, you are consigning yourself to be permanently hungry. And who can lose weight when they're permanently hungry? No, because no. it's painful. It's just Yeah, painful. really painful. Yeah. Really painful. So I love that. The foundations have to be in place, Sarah, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely agree on that, Clarissa. We do. We agree on that. I think if those are not there, if we are not got the right diet, the, the exercise that supports us, the move, if we haven't managed our stress, we're not going to get to grips with our menopausal hormonal journey i'd say because i'm not sure the imbalance is there once we balance some of the fundamentals yeah i agree and and often it's so simple the fundamental things are so simple and you feel so much better for it yes yeah yes that was wonderful sarah how can people learn more about what you do and get in touch with you uh thank you so i am sarah southgate uh my website is sarasouthgate.com but i am on social media so you can find me on facebook i am the health sas um so that stands for stress anxiety specialist because there, there isn't a chronic health condition out there that is not made worse by stress um so it's absolutely core to what i do uh so yeah go search for the health sas on facebook or instagram and uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with people. That's lovely. Sorry, thank you so much for coming on and enlightening people more about a naturopathic way of dealing with menopause symptoms. Thank you, Clarissa. Thank you. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you gained so much from hearing Sarah talk about how we can become well from the inside out by working with natural products from a naturopathic, holistic approach. We can heal imbalances in our body, 
we can dial down the inflammation that causes so many of our modern day illnesses and we can boost our immunity. If you would like to get in touch with Sarah, then reach out to her on her website, sarahsouthgate.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe and share. Join me next week when I'll be talking to Laura Rubin all about mindset and midlife. Until next time, go well. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers USBP. That's cbp.gov careers USBP.